Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Good to see everybody. Thanks for coming out tonight. And uh, we are excited about what the Lord's going to do this weekend, just ministering to us about relationships. How many think relationships to the Lord are kind of a big deal? I mean, it's, the word is full of relationship and, and in the body and marriage and friendship. I mean, it is full of information and truth that we can apply to our lives and uh, makes a difference because we're doer of the word. Amen? Amen. My turn. <laughs> we, we are not going to do that all night. Yes, we are. I'm going to say, I'm going to do what Marianne said then... she's going to do. If I have something to say, I'm going to go like this. Oh. <laughs> squeeze my arm. Squeeze. Pinch me. Yes. Um, so, in, in case you haven't figured it out, which you probably have, the, the schedules, we're, we'll try to keep on schedule, but we are trying to be relaxed with this. All right? So, part of the goal here is that you guys have, like, meet people and have relationships there too, talk, which is great because we have a pretty talkative church anyway, you know, um, and you need, uh, you know, people, especially today in church circles, there's all this talk about community, which what they're saying is, is that, you know, we're the body of Christ. And so we need to uh, know one another and have relationship. And of course, this whole weekend is about healthy relationship. We, we, we call it marriage and family boot camp. Um, we've talked about uh, changing that name because sometimes people think, well, it's just about marriage or it's just about family. But if you think about uh, the word marriage and the word family, even family in general, it's not just your blood family. It's your church family. Um, In fact, the Lord said this, um, and I'm not going to use this scripture. I really thought about it, but it wasn't one that uh, I felt like I was supposed to expound on. But he said this. He said, I didn't come to necessarily bring peace. He said, I came to separate a father from his son-in-law or a mother from her her daughter-in-law. In In other words, what he was saying was, is I care about peace, but I have to be first place in everybody's life before real peace can take place. So due to the fact that we live in the world that we do and we have the nature of the flesh and everything going on around us, how many have realized this, that the enemy works at dividing people up? He works at uh, breaking up marriages. He wants to separate families, kids from their parents. Um, you know, we, we live in a fallen world, and there's, the enemy is really good at what he does. Not that I want to give him, you know, credit per se, because I know he's a defeated foe, and we talk about that. But the reality is, is we can only live in victory over him to the degree that we have the knowledge of the Lord to win. So the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. So the weapons of our warfare are the word of God. And when we're born again, we have this change of heart. But that doesn't always, you know, how many have heard this? I've heard it a lot lately. um, And we deal with this in different areas. But we talk about lost in translation. Well, when you're born again, the Spirit of God comes into your heart. You're changed. So your spirit is now uh, rebirthed with God's very nature. But how many know from the heart to the mind and actually living, sometimes things get lost in translation. And so the Word of God is so necessary to understand in relationships. If we're going to be successful in our relationships... And then we have to follow the principles of the word. And it's not just following a rule, all right? It's not just following a commandment. You know, people say, uh, you know, you should walk in love. I like to say it like this. It is your nature in the spirit to walk in love. The reason why I like to bring that out, and we'll talk about this here as we get into some of this, but the reason why I like to bring that out is because it goes from, I've just got a power through this, to I've got the power to go through this. Does that make sense? And um, I don't know about you, but I know for me, one of the greatest struggles, or uh, what has felt like one of the greatest struggles in my life is knowing I'm born again, knowing I have the Spirit of God, but how, and the resurrection power of God within me, But how do I walk that out daily? Because who knows me better than me? You know, other than the Lord. 
right? So I know when I miss it, when I do something that I shouldn't or whatever, and it can feel like you've been working at something for a long time and not seen. How many have felt like that? You just don't see change. You don't feel like change is happening. Well, one of the big deals that we need to understand is, is that we have the power of God within us and change when we cooperate with him and his power in true faith and understanding grace, change is inevitable if we do it right. But you have to do it right. So this isn't psychological training. This isn't, uh, are you going to pinch my arm? Well, I was thinking about it, or I thought maybe I should I keep, do something keep, like this. Yeah, yeah, that would would get my attention. So that you really get my attention. I just right. wanted to add this, too. This is why this is so important and why we're taking this. I mean, this is from the Word of God this weekend, and it's about honor and relationships. And, you know, honor and relationships, it doesn't look like the way the world does relationships. Have you ever noticed? It's kind of uh, everybody for themselves. You hurt me. I hurt you. You scratch my back, I'll scratch your back, that kind of a thing. But the way that God does relationships is so opposite of that. I mean, it is about dying to self. And that's why, like tonight, just this first message that we're going to bring forth in regards to loving Jesus above all else, that is the first part. Without that, it is actually impossible for you to love out of your own love the way you're supposed to. It's impossible for you to honor the way the Lord has set out for us to honor without his honor and honoring him in you, his character, his anointing, his ability, and his power. And that's why, um, if anything, you know, don't sit this weekend and think, I'm never going to be able to do this. This is too hard. Everybody just decide right now that you're empowered by the Holy Spirit to live in honor. You're empowered by the Holy Spirit to have relationships that are so full of God, so full of the anointing of the Lord, so full that you can extend the, the, the very character of God into relationships, whatever it may be, friendships, uh, work people, church people, whatever these things, and you can have a sure foundation that when you step out on God's honor in relationships, you will be victorious. Amen? Um, and we are not perfect. So let's just get that out of the way. Because I know all of you thought we were. <laughs> We are not. Heidi and I are not. We are working on our marriage. We're working on our relationship. We work on our relationships with our kids. All of that. Friends. Friends. All areas. I mean, relationships, you know, it, this is going to come as a shock to you, um, but there are employees at the church. We don't always see things, everything just perfect. You know, we, we get annoyed by each other. And what I mean by that is we... It, it turns Josh, out... Josh, that's too much agreement Yeah, there's right too there. much Just nodding. settle down, sir. Settle down. He's like, <laughs> yeah, Jesus, yeah. <laughs> with a big smile on his face. Anyways. Well, I'm just going to say this. It turns out that not everybody has the same brain. Right? Have you, how many have seen the, the meme on Facebook or Insta, Instagram or whatever? Uh, a man's mind, and it shows a straight train track. And then it says a woman's mind, and it just is. No, that was actually how the of difference of how you go through Target. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that too. Yeah, the difference of how you go through Target. How many are like me? You're a guy, and when you shop, you go in, get your thing, and go out. How many are like me? Yeah. Okay, I want to hear, hear it. <laughs> you know you have a pattern of how you go through every store, and it's different depending on what store you're in. So... To give you a, an example of this, we went to Costco today uh, to pick up sandwiches that were pre-ordered. Now, if I went to, into Costco and got sandwiches, even if I had to wait, I'd stand in front of the deli, and I would wait until they were done, and then I would leave. And my wife comes out with this massive pillow, <laughs> and I'm thinking, is this filler for the sandwiches? Do we... In but she defense. says to me, she says to me, she says, uh, well, the sandwiches weren't ready yet. And then I know Ian needs this pillow, you know. There you go. I got you, son. 
If Ian, if it was just me, Ian wouldn't have a pillow. I, the, but he would have sandwiches. The, fu- <laughs> the funny thing is, is I felt like I could, like he would actually understand if I told him that the pillow was twelve ninety seven. You know, I mean, come on, ladies, right? That's a good price on a pillow, like a big body pillow, okay? And it was soft. It was like it was calling my name. It was amazing. I actually feel like I was really led by the Holy Ghost because it wasn't even on the way to the sandwiches. I'm sure it was a leading but of the I, spirit. But it was a leading of the spirit because by the time I got to the sandwiches, they weren't even ready yet. So I was like, this is perfect. Like, God, you knew my son needed a pillow. Closed door, open door. And he All helps right. me find good deals. <laughs> Let's get to the okay, message. Okay, we got to get to the message. All right, Romans chapter 12 is our main scripture, verse 10. And it says this, Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor, giving preference to one another. So the whole, whole weekend here is honor and relationships, and we're going to have uh, different speakers all through the weekend. But Romans chapter 12, verse 10. Let me read it to you um, in, uh, with, with just some adder here. It's, it's not a different translation, but it adds a little more definition uh, to these words. It says this, be kindly affectioned. Have a family affection is what that means. One to another with brotherly love. And that word love is actually philos. It's not agape. So there are different words used in the scripture for love. Not all the words love mean the same thing. And philos, it's where we get the word Philadelphia, which is the city of what? Brotherly love, right? Now, we know that today that can mean a little bit of a different thing than what it originally meant, but what it originally meant was is that we were to show affection one to another. We were to be kindly affection one to another. And I just knocked my notes out somehow. While he's doing that, actually... That love toward one another in the body of Christ, your brothers and sisters in Christ, should be just as like, it, like um, what's the word I'm looking for? As toward your own family. Yeah. You know? Yep. Yep. It should have that same level of uh, affection or um, care. Now, what I've found is, is that agape love, the word agape is the love of God. It's the, it's the uh, word used for God's nature. So 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8, which we all know is the love chapter, that's talking about agape love or God's kind of love. Now, that love is motivated to give, to, to, uh, uh, to show favor, graciousness to. That love is motivated from the character of God, not from your actions or my actions. So that's where we get like we understand the scripture that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So we weren't doing anything to kind of encourage affection from God in our actions to to where he would be stirred up to love us. But he is agape, which means, this is a wonderful thing, you don't have to do anything to have him love you. I like what Andrew Womack says, God loves you and there's nothing you can do about it. Does that make sense? So he loves you. Your, your performance is not determining God's level of love for you. His, his nature is. And thankfully, it's such a love that he would lay down his son's life in order to save or gain us back, right? And so um, that's, this, is, this is not that kind of love. This is philos love. But I'll say it to you like this. If you get your brotherly affection, if you don't have agape first, you'll never have proper brotherly love. You have to have agape first, which means what? You have to be born again, right? You have to have Christ in your heart because that's where that love comes into our hearts. And then from there, we can show affection to one another. So the next part of it, and this is honor and relationships, so it says in honor, and the word honor here means respect, preferring one another. And it actually means deferring to one another. So if I'm going to defer to somebody, that means that I'm going to remove my desire out of the way 
and do the desire or perform the desire of somebody else. I'm going to defer to them first, right? So it would be like if you were going to open a door for, or if you were walking into the sanctuary and you open the door to go in and you see somebody else is coming in and you step out of the way and just hold the door for them, that means you're deferring to them. You're giving them the first entrance and you're going to come in behind. And so that's how uh, one of the main ways, and this scripture really proves it, that uh, we are to show love for one another and have honor for one another. So it says this, honor does this, and the, the definition of honor means to esteem, especially in the highest degree. It means a valuing by which the price is fixed. So nothing raises or lowers the godly honor. Does that make sense? It's not by performance. You're choosing to defer to this person. This honor has to do with understanding and showing deference for rank. This word has to do with, the, with preciousness and value. So you could almost say in uh, honor and relationships, you could say preciousness or value in relationships. And in um, honor, honor has action with it too. And I don't know if we're going to get into any of that, but there's, it's showing honor. So honor means to regard highly also, but to recognize as valuable. So how do you recognize the people around you as valuable? How do you recognize? It's, there's an action to that. There's a taking notice. There's an awareness of the value that you're surrounded by. So being genuine uh, can only be known from the heart of a person. So watch this. You can actually do the right thing with the wrong heart motive. So when we talk about uh, genuineness of heart, this is why we talk about loving Jesus above all. Because when our relationship and our honor toward Him is right, and we're, we're uh, how many were a part of the boot camp that we did last year? Okay. How many remember the hula hoops? How many remember the, the illustration the gentleman gave concerning where we draw from? And he was talking about marriages, and he was talking about how uh, a husband will try to draw all the love that they need, he needs from the wife. How many know the wife is not God? Do you see that? That's why Jesus has to be above all, because if I'm drawing off his unlimited supply of love, even if there's a deficit of supply of love from the other people around us, whether, you're, whether it's a marriage situation, a family situation, whatever it is, when we look to Jesus first, we're fully supplied, so we're able to have a supply even if we're rejected by others. Now, this is supernatural because you're not going to do it naturally like that. You know what the world's answer to that is? The world's answer to they don't love me is, well, I don't love them either, and I'm going to leave. How many thankful God's not that way? Okay. You know, also, when we, when we take that understanding and God is our first place of honor, and then you begin to get his heart and his mind on things and his way of doing things, and then you release that in relationships that you have. You, you really release just the grace of God that you, I mean, you're so full of God. And you're releasing these things into relationship. There's actually the, the I guess, what did you say? Not, what, did you, what word did you just use? You said the genuine. genuine and the divine, just the God things that can happen in relationships. It doesn't have to make sense to your natural on what you're doing. But when you're obedient to the Lord and you're honoring him first and you do something in a relationship that doesn't, you know, you wouldn't do that out of your own flesh. The miraculous that is really released into that situation and in that relationship is way beyond you could ever do on your own. I mean, it's amazing. So we think, you know, we think, um, man, I just, I love God and I want to honor him. And then we make that choice to release that love into relationships. There is so much fruit and life that comes from that because it's God's way of doing things. It doesn't have to make sense to your natural. Yeah, it's from the spirit or from the heart. So genuineness is not an external feeling, but rather a motivation from the Spirit. 
So I can genuinely love you even if an action that is being performed, I'll say it like this, we can genuinely love each other in, from the heart even if the actions of those around us are contrary to God's nature. So most of the time what I've found in my own life and amongst charismatics, Pentecostals, Word of Faithers, Foursquare, AG, you know, there are so many brands now. We're just like every other denomination now. You know, the Baptists at one point had 50 different branches of Baptists. Because they all had a disagreement on something, and so that's how you end up with 50, right? Well, in our group, it's the same way. But what I've actually found is a lot of times what people think the leading of the Spirit is, is no more than their soul. It's their emotion. They feel something, and that moves them. And we use that term because we say, hey, I felt like the Lord said. Really, a better uh, way to say it and, and a better way to distinguish it is, I had a sense in my heart that this is what I was supposed to do. Now, that takes personal honesty, right? So how many have ever done this? You've stirred yourself up with a situation that you don't like by talking about it over and over and over again, and all of a sudden you have a leading to get out of that situation. I mean, it, it happens, right? And that's from, it's actually from the soul realm. You can stir yourself up and actually, uh, I know how to do this, but sometimes it's hard to explain. You actually end up suppressing the Spirit of God within you. What I have found with the Lord is that He does not let us out of difficult situations. I don't know, it's tough, isn't it? But you know what? It's, it's a good thing because He doesn't run from us when we're difficult. Which means the nature to stay put is within me. So I actually don't need to uh, get everybody's opinion around me. I need to get alone with the Lord and have Him first in my life, right? And let Him clean out the soul, uh, the mind. Stop, how many, we, we've, we've read this scripture over and over and talked about it over and over, especially in the last uh, few months. But in Proverbs, it talks about that gossip or things like that stop when, when, when you stop talking about it. So the situation stops being inflamed when you stop talking about it. And then it gives this example. The fire goes out where there's no what? No wood. So in other words, you stop putting wood on the fire by talking about it. You put it in the Lord's hands and get in faith. And you quit talking. And what happens is your soul calms down and your spirit rises up. The Holy Spirit within you rises up. Let me interject this too as parents in here. It's important to teach your kids to do this. Because if you don't teach them how to respond to difficult situations and you just coddle or, you know what I mean, or kind of, I guess, feel sorry for them or whatever, um, it's just going to be difficult in life as they continue to walk. I mean, it's important to teach your kids, for those of you who are parents in here, is to deal with things from the Spirit of God within and not the emotion of the situation. Um, it will save them from a lot. Um, so don't just teach them to escape. Now, teach them to fight. Now, what I mean by that is this, not punch. We fight the fight of faith. faith. If you, now, I'm not saying this sets the course for their life forever because God meets us wherever we're at and He's growing us, right? If you teach them just to escape, they'll escape as a pattern for their life. Okay? How many have worked for a difficult boss? How many of you... <laughs> Notice I didn't say, who's married to a difficult person? All right. <laughs> I'm going to say what I hear most ministers say, the seasoned ministers about that. He said, this minister, what time this, uh, he said, I've done some marriage counseling through the years. He'd been in the ministry for 30 or 40 years. And he said, I've found that most people deserve each other. 
I mean, you know, it's, it's one of those realities. But if you teach, if, you, if we teach our kids to escape, how many have worked for a difficult boss? Rocio, you can't raise your hand. Um, <laughs> she works for us. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. <laughs> I give her Pastor Josh's candy all yeah, she yeah, wants. Yeah, exactly. Right. I'm like, you want some candy? So, He's got plenty. How many have prayed about leaving something and the Lord said no? Come on. Guess what that means? How many stayed? Yeah, it means no. That's good. How many stayed put? You're mature. You didn't follow your feelings. You followed your heart. When you follow your heart, this is how the greatness of God, His resurrection, His grace grows to full development. I'm talking about the character of Christ within us. This is how the calls of God are fulfilled to their maximum level in our lives. And I'm not talking about preachers. I'm talking about every person has a call in here. The first is to be mature in the Lord. The second is there's some purpose He has for you. Um, let me, with that, say this, that our best gifts and callings thrive in an atmosphere of honor. Yeah. They thrive in those. Your best gifts and your callings thrive in an atmosphere of honor. First to the Lord. But um, let me go back to the kids really quick because I, I don't know, somebody must need to hear this in here. But as a, as a parent, when you're walking through difficult situations with your kids, um, or even you can take this for yourself too, but um, you have to fight not getting in the emotion of it, yeah. all right? Yep. Because we've walked through some things with our kids that have been pretty hurtful and to them, you know, that like they were hurt by something or this or that. And um, just... I mean, we have had to fight to stay level in it uh, because if we were to, for a second, had, you know, kind of went along with them or, or coddled that, that we would not have imparted into them the grace and the anointing and the power to walk out of that thing. And that's what happens when you honor the Lord and his direction and, his, and honor him in relationships is you actually get direction that you can't think of on your own. There's no way. And not only that, God plants something in your heart and how to deal with that according to the way that he would. And it releases the anointing into that situation. You are now riding through and walking through that situation in grace instead of a struggle. And that is huge. So when God tells you to do something that's way contrary to what you feel like you want to do, but you're obedient to that, oh my goodness, it is like an overflow of grace. Because what does the word say? It says he gives grace to the humble. He gives more grace to the humble. And honoring the Lord is just being humble before him. And not just being so stuck in our own ways of doing things and walking through relationship. But it's actually acknowledging him in your life and actually going to him and caring enough. Because you hold the Lord in such high regard and valuable. And what he has to say and what his word says is held at such a high regard in your life. That you know, I just got to know what my, I got to know what my father says. I got to know what his leading is. I got to know what he's saying. I got to know what I'm supposed to do. And he'll tell you, because what does James say? It says, those who ask for wisdom, he gives it liberally. And that's what honoring the Lord does. It's, it's stopping your emotion, because they're really not that important in, in regards to acting out on them or stepping out on them. They're very loose. You know what I mean? Like, emotions are not sturdy. The word of God is. And getting his direction on things is honoring him. And that will release grace into those situations that are difficult. And you'll have wisdom to walk through. And not only the wisdom to walk through, but then you will have his anointing and his power, his grace, his ability, and his favor to walk through it and get through. So, so biblical honor looks for ways to enslave the flesh to humility. Biblical honor looks for ways to enslave the flesh to humility. It looks for ways to enslave, you know, we talked about this with sanctification, and that's what Heidi's talking about. So, 
How many have ever felt stirred up about something and then found out later it wasn't anything? How many have ever watched a movie about, how many have seen Old Yeller or Where the Red Fern Grows? How many cried? Okay, that wasn't your dog. <laughs> okay, but... <laughs> I was actually watching a comedian one time, and he was from another country, and he said, you Americans care too much about your pets. And he, he goes, let me just give you an example. He said, my dad, and I don't remember where he was from, but anyway, he's telling this story about his dad. His dad got cancer, and they had this dog, and his dad got cancer and died, and then after his dad, you know, they had the funeral and everything, the dog would go up and sit in, the, in his dad's you know, old chair and just kind of whimper and stuff. And all the people were like, oh, and he said, see, I told you. I just told you my dad died of cancer and you don't even care. You just care about the dog. Now, his dad didn't really die of cancer. So the whole story was made up. But how many realize this, that our emotions are not trustworthy? They are not trustworthy. Remember COVID was going to kill us all? Now, I'm not getting political. I'm just trying to make a point that they're not trustworthy. You, you can't, you, they are not good leads. And neither is our flesh. And they, they, it goes together. Your flesh can be in a church service and go, I felt God. And the next moment, you can be, you know, you could be, the next hour, you could be let out of church and in the drive through line at Chick-fil-A and go, I can't stand this. This is taking too long in just a moment. You know, just an hour earlier, you were in the presence of God going, oh, he's so good. And now you feel like cussing at the car in front of you. And it's not their fault Chick-fil-A's that busy. Oh, they're not open on Sunday. Okay. <laughs> Poor illustration. <laughs> on Monday, after you've had a great Sunday. There you go. <laughs> there you, go. you understand what I'm saying, though, Right? So we have to live from the inside out, which is where we live from the Spirit of God within us. 1 John 4, 4 says this, you are, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them, talking about uh, wickedness, evil, because he who is in you is what? Greater than he who is in the world. What does that tell me? There, we have no excuse, or we have, there, there should not be a belief system in us that says we can't change. Okay? Why? Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. Who is that greater one? Jesus. The Bible says that he was tempted in all points like we are, yet without sin. His ability to overcome lives within us because we have his nature. And honor yields to him. Yeah. Honor yields to him yep. and that in you. So 1 John 5, 4 says this, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. What is it? Our faith. Our faith is the victory that overcomes the world. So we should be declaring out of our mouths, I'm growing spiritually. I'm developing spiritually. I am not who I used to be. I'm a new creation in Christ, and I'm moving on to maturity through the renewal of the word with my mind, being transformed by the renewing of the word, and then the enslaving of the desires of the body to Christ-likeness. We are to enslave our physical body to Christ-likeness. Did you know that? How many have recognized this, that your body has the same tendencies it did before you were saved, now that you are saved? Now, if it doesn't, I don't believe you because the Bible says it does. Now, you may have more control over it than somebody else, but the reality is if somebody fights with you, you're going to have a desire to fight back. And people say, oh, no, I don't do that. You know, I, I don't like confrontation. I just run and hide. And usually those people, I find, have bitterness so built up inside of them because they've been mistreated, which boils down to many times selfishness because they sit and think about how they've been mistreated and this is how you get into another area which psychology can never figure out because the only thing that sets free is truth of the Word of God. And how many have noticed that most psychologists don't use the Word of God? Let me say this too for you teenagers in here. 
That same power lives in you. Yeah. That same love, that same anointing lives in you. It's not just through your parents. If you're saved in here, you didn't get like a, like a baby Jesus. <laughs> That's not even possible. Yeah. He comes one way, full. Yeah. You're, you're filled with his fullness, the word says. So you have that power in you as well to overcome that faith, that ability to believe God and walk through situations in your life. You just got to start, I mean... Develop your own relationship with the Lord. Get in the Word. Start saying what He says. When you life. read something in the Scripture that talks about who you are in Christ, say it out loud. That's who I am. Now watch this. The Lord says in 1 Peter 2.24, what? That by His stripes I was what? Healed. Well, what if I'm sick? In the Spirit, I'm already what? Healed. Do you know how that healing goes from the Spirit to the natural? confession of your mouth. So, I don't, you can say this, I have the love of God in me, and so I don't screw relationships up. Amen? I grow, I don't run. I don't fear that I'll have a repeat of my former life because the spirit of fear no longer lives in me. Come on, we got to say this stuff. If we're going to succeed in living from within out, then we have to say these things. So if you, let's say you have a, a, a relationship in your family, maybe it's uh, uh, maybe with a, a spouse or with, um, you know, like children or grandchildren, something is broken in the relationship. First of all, own your part. Now I'm talking about with the Lord. Own your part and then go to declaring and praying what the Lord says. There is nothing impossible with those who believe. The Lord is restoring my relationships. Let me give you an example of this. This is something that, I, and I know if you've been in women's, you've heard this, but this is an example of how I read who I am in Christ over myself, and it's the love chapter because we're talking about relationships, and boy, if you need anything, it's love and relationships and walking in love, right? But I literally will come almost pretty much every day and just say, this is 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8, and I won't read the whole thing, but I just want to give you an example of what we mean by, by, by saying what God says you are, right? And um, in this one, I just say, Lord, I thank you that your love has been shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Spirit. I am a new creation. I am full to overflowing with no borders of the love of God. So the love of God in me, my new nature, it endures long and is patient. It is kind. My new nature is kind. My new nature is not envious. It's not full of jealousy. It's not boastful. It doesn't display itself haughtily. This is who I am. I will do it just like that. This is who I am. This is who I am. This is my new nature. And that's what we're talking about, about speaking the word of God, saying who God says you are and what you have in you. Because if you're constantly saying, oh, I just can't do it. I just don't have patience. I just can't love like God can. That's not true. You absolutely can. It's a matter of honor and yieldedness to him and what he's placed in you. So, so what deficiency does the love of God have? Not a one. So do you have any deficiency of love in you? So stop saying you're wounded when the Lord says you're healed. Well, you just don't know what I went through. No, I don't, but Jesus went through it already. He knows exactly what you went through. You are no longer broken. You are no longer wounded. You are no longer dysfunctional. Come on. You're no longer an addict. Come on. Well, it's just, it's been going on too long. No such thing with Jesus. There's no such thing as it went on too long. You could be dead for four days and he'll bring you back. You could stinketh and he'll put the good smell back in you. Come on, you understand what I mean by that? Lazarus was dead for four days, and they told him, they said, surely he stinketh. And he's like, I don't care. You don't know who's standing in front of you. I am the resurrection and the life. 
And you have the resurrection and the life within you. Your relationships are not too broken. Your situations are not too difficult. Your boss is not too mean. Come on. It isn't your family that's your problem. You are not fighting flesh and blood in this. We are in, at war in the spirit. And that's where we war. Now, sometimes it takes time and you need endurance. But you can do all things through Christ yeah, who strengthens you. Amen. You Amen. Know, you know, at the end of that love chapter, I just got to show you this. At the end of that love chapter, I love this because the Lord showed this to me one time when I was reading that one day. He said, and if you know what it says at the, at the, just the first part of verse eight, it says, love never fails. Everybody knows that, right? Well, this is what he spoke to me. He said, he said, Heidi, whenever you step out in love and in the character of love and in the overflow of the spirit of love that's in you, you will not fail. The situation will not fail. Well, but it looks like this. No, he said that his love does not fail. So especially in relationship, when I step out on the love of God and I respond out of that spirit that's in me, guess what else is not there? Failure doesn't exist. You know, it just doesn't exist. So, so Mark chapter 6 says this, and we're almost done here. We've actually almost gone 45 minutes. Oh, well. <laughs> we started a little late. So who will give us, you know, five more minutes? You good? It's the five, ten, young. 15, 20, 30, <laughs> 35. I see that hand, yeah. 40. Yes, thank you. That's how that works. We're going to need more cookies. All right. <laughs> so <laughs> sometimes to define honor and define something, sometimes it's, you can look at what it's not, and that will help you understand what it is. And Mark chapter 6 is a good example of how not to honor, okay? So I, I, I just want to look at this, and this is the last scripture uh, that we'll look at, at least for me. But Mark chapter 6, verse 1, this is where Jesus was rejected at Nazareth, okay? And I just want you to see a couple of things here. It says this in verse 1, Then he went out from there and came to his own country, and his disciples followed him. Verse 2 says, And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this in which, which is given to him that such mighty works are performed by his hands? So are they hearing and seeing things that are astonishing to them? They know he's doing mighty works. They know that the words that, are, that he's teaching are not of this world. They're not human. They're beyond human. And then verse 3, the, the questions, the sarcasm, the dishonor kicks in. He says, it says this, is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? So they were what? They were offended at him. Dishonor is offended. There's a lot of offense in the church. A lot of it. I'm not talking about just among, I'm saying for preachers. I'm saying for, there is way too much offense. But what I want you to notice here in verse 3, what caused them to reject or, or, or remove honor from him. It wasn't a lack, of a lack of hearing good teaching. It wasn't a lack of knowing miracles. What was it? They began to think and, and, and uh, evaluate Jesus from the natural and not from the spirit. If you want dishonor to rise up in your relationships, just look at your brothers and sisters, your family, and all of them naturally only. If Jesus is above all, you can't look at people any other way. If he's reigning as Lord in your thinking concerning relationships and honor, he won't give you a perspective of somebody within their failures or within natural restrictions. 
Um, I'm, we're not going to get into these, but think about what the scriptures say in regards to husbands and wives and how they're to treat each other. Do you know a lot of times people will read, uh, males will read the wife's scripture, the, husband, the husbands will read the wife's scripture and go, Lord, she's just not doing this. Do you know you are not fellowshipping with the Lord when you do that? You'll have supernatural ability in that moment, but it won't be God's. Satan will amplify every little thing that that person is not doing. It'll be supernatural, all right, but it won't be the Holy Spirit. If you were going to read those verses, the Holy Spirit would convict you and you go, Lord, I just thank you that you've given me a godly wife. And I just pray right now, and I thank you that these qualities are hers because she's in you. That she is your daughter. That she is, she is the head of her is you. Come on. The head of the household is the husband. The head of the church is Jesus. So uh, Heidi is his daughter before she's my wife. But if I just think, oh, you know, she's a havener. And I know Jake, her brother, and I know Erica, her sister. And I play cards with Terry, Susan, and Carol. <laughs> That's judging after the flesh. But see. <laughs> and we're supposed to after the spirit. So actually, I am a princess. Yes, I am royalty. Yes. If she's queen, the Lord has made me what? King. No, Jesus is king. <laughs> actually, we're all kings and priests. But anyway, all right, we got to stay on track. Yeah, here. get no, on no, track. No, yeah. My point is, my point is this: honor focuses on its responsibility. Um, don't manipulate in prayer. Honor is genuine. Pray from a genuine heart. Uh, stop blaming others for what's not going good in your life. If we have a genuine heart before the Lord, the scripture says this, that no man, no person will be able to stand before us all the days of our lives. So what does that mean? That means it doesn't matter what's going on around us. They cannot stop us from fulfilling what God has called us to do. So verse 4 says this, but Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor. So what did they do? They dishonored him. Except, and it's true, people will do this. They'll go, well, I go to a good church, but I listen to this minister way over here all the time. I don't know anything of what they're like. I don't know what their ministry is like. But man, I wish my church would be like that church. What is that? It's dishonoring where God put you. Come on, who's done this? I'll raise my hand. I've done this. You, you say, you're the pastor. I know. There are times I want to go somewhere else. <laughs> now, some people don't like that much honesty. But you've got to realize... <laughs> That I have the same amount of flesh as you. I mean, maybe more. I don't know. But I'm We're losing weight. That. Yeah, so it's... But here's the thing. Here's the thing. My, the nature of my flesh is the same. I have to put it under. I, I've said this before. I don't feel like coming to church. And it's my... I have to preach. People think, you know, ministers walk around in some sort of glory cloud. I wish... It's actually how we get to church. Yeah, we levitate. We Everybody don't get drive. in the cloud. Everybody get in the cloud. It's time to go. <laughs> in other words, I'll put it to you like this. Not really. Not really. I, you can't fake spirituality. Who you are at home is who you are at church. Even if you put on the, oh, glory to God, praise you, Jesus. You know, you can dress it up, tuck it, put makeup on it. Tighten it down. Make it all look spiritual. All right, that's enough. Okay. Moving on. But you are who you are. But that's okay. We can make those adjustments, right? We can make those adjustments. He goes on to say this. All right. Um, verse 5 says, Now he could do what? No mighty work there, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. 
and he marveled because of their unbelief. Then he went about the villages in a circuit teaching. So the cure for unbelief is teaching here. But what I want you to see is, is that he, he says, I didn't receive honor in my own hometown. It stopped his mighty work, and he called it unbelief. Well, I just want to grow spiritually. Well, then you need to honor the Lord above all because that opens up the power of the mighty work in our lives. You know, sometimes we think, and it is a mighty work, you know, if somebody is, has a, you know, like what we consider like a severe, severe physical ailment or something like that, and they receive healing, that's a mighty work. Do you know what else is a mighty work? Walking in love consistently. And when we honor the Lord, our faith, is released. It's active. When we honor the Lord first, then we'll honor each other like we're supposed to. When we agape, we phileo correctly. If you get your phileo in front of your agape, you're going to have a mess. But if you keep your agape first, you're yielded to His Lordship, you're submitted, you're bowed down to Him first, it won't matter if people act ugly because your source is him and you can still act, like I say, somebody said if you say it one more time, muy guapo. If you saw me in the spirit, you would know I'm amazing. <laughs> now, my responsibility is to renew my mind, yield this physical being to the reality of Christ within so that you can see how good looking I am in the spirit. Come on, this is a biblical principle. You are all good looking. Yes, in the spirit. yes. Yes, give us spirit eyes, Lord. You know? Yeah. We got to rub out the sleep out of our eyes so that we can see people, that we can see the potential. The scripture actually talks about this concerning the gifts or the fruit of the spirit. It talks about adorning yourself with them. And the idea is like decorating a Christmas tree. It's like putting on jewelry, putting on fine clothing. When it says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ, he's saying, adorn your flesh with my glory. Yeah, amen. Amen? Amen. Do I have a couple minutes to share? I'm done. Oh, That's yes, it. Yes. I'm, I'm through. I got like a minute. <laughs> All right. So um, one thing that the Lord was showing me about this verse that we just read is, is that dishonor will hinder or stop up the flow that is supposed to be able to flow freely. The design was is that God's life flow in you and through you freely, all right? And so that dishonor will stop that up. So dishonor toward the Lord first. And why do we need to have honor toward the Lord first? Because you won't be empowered without that. <laughs> I mean, you are, but it'll just kind of sit there. You know what I mean? You've got to humble yourselves and honor the Lord in those things. But um, the other thing that I saw is unbelief and lack of honor are things that Jesus said would limit his ministry in your life. So lack of honor and unbelief in your home, in your relationship, in your marriage, in your, in your uh, whatever relationship it is, will actually limit his ministry in your life. If it says that here... You better believe we can do that now. We can limit, stop his ministry in our life by dishonoring him. And you can stop up that flow that is supposed to flow out of you to those around you because you dishonor and you're in, and you're in unbelief. I find it amazing those things are connected because um, to me, you know, Sometimes I've gone to the Lord with just kind of some difficult situations. And he'll say, do you trust me? If you do what I'm telling you to do, do you trust me? Yeah, Lord, I, tr I do trust you. You have to remind yourself of that. Because we like to get in the emotion of things, the flesh of things. But listen, he has the best way. And it not only affects you personally, but it affects those around you. That's why it's important that we as the body of Christ, we exemplify relationships that honor God first. Because when you do that, it affects the people around you. When you are a person that is humble before the Lord and says, God, I'm yours. I humble myself. I honor you. I honor 
I honor your, your opinion on this. I honor what your word says about this. Then you open the floodgates to the miraculous in your life. And man, that affects people around you. It absolutely does. It, it affects people around you. So dishonor and unbelief are connected. The absence of honor was tragic for those who needed a miracle. The absence of honor was tragic for those who needed a miracle. It, they had no hope because of dishonor. It's important. It's important. You cannot receive the teaching or the anointing where there is no honor given. You just can't. It's impossible. You want anointing flowing in your life and through your relationships? Then you have to honor the Lord first. And the question, you know, she says, you want that. You want that. Because greater grace is given to the humble. Life is already hard enough. Cut off the grace flow and see how hard it gets. You know what I mean? Um, uh, when it comes to these things, when it comes to uh, what Heidi was talking about, remember this, faith and patience are inseparable. So I'll give you two things here. One, time, she just said this word trust, tries trust. So what do you mean by that? That means you're going to be challenged time-wise with people because you've got to give them time to develop. Okay? So when you think about if it's, going, if it's gone on for a long time or if, if something has gone on for a long time that is unhealthy, there's a lack of honor in a relationship. Remember this, it could take some time to change that. Now, it doesn't need to take the same amount of time. Aren't you thankful that God doesn't like make us go through the exact amount of years we rebelled in yes. order to get... It's you know really I mean? a good deal. Thank God, you know. <laughs> so it's, but it, but it may best. take a year before... Uh, the feelings of phileo are back to full measure. Because agape was neglected for so long. Okay? So that may take a little bit of time. The other thing I will say is this. Brother Hagin used to talk about this all the time. He said this. He said, when you're in a difficult situation or you're having a problem in a relationship, and it could be in any area, just declare out of your mouth every time you feel contrary to love, Just declare out of your mouth in faith, Father, I surround them in faith and love. And let the Holy Spirit work. Let the Holy Spirit work. Let Him work. He, you know, I've had people come to me, my kids, they hate me, you know, different things through the years. And I I said, I said, and they're like, will you pray for me? And they're desperate. You feel their desperation. Well, my prayer is not any more effective than yours if, we're, if, we're, if we both have faith. Yours is just as effective. What, what is happening is, is people are getting into the natural and they're, they're imagining their child ending up in hell because of this problem or whatever the situation. They're imagining the enemy taking them over and ruining everything. When God wouldn't give you that picture, or if he did, he would give you a plan of intercession to change the outcome. Does that make sense? So time, surround the person in faith and love, speak faith over them, speak the promises of God over them, and allow the Holy Spirit to do his job. The Holy Spirit knows what to say, how to say to such a degree that when it will, say. yeah, when to say, yeah. when to say, that's a big one. You know, I was praying for you and I just got this and this and this and this, and you could be totally wrong and it could be rejected. You could be giving a word out of due season when you should have been interceding over that word instead of yep. sharing that word. Amen. In fact, I'm convinced most prophetic words are not to be given, first of all, publicly, but secondly, as just as you get them by the spur of the moment. I believe they're to be prayed over. To a large degree, especially when it comes to relationships that are close in the natural. Because how many have noticed that sometimes those are the ones that get cut off the quickest? The walls, the barriers are up there quicker. But when the Holy Spirit gets in there, whoa, and he softens your heart. And he softens the other person's heart. 
there's a free flow that happens, right? There's a free flow that takes place and change takes place. So surround them in faith and love and realize that you're going to be tried time-wise. So trust him. Amen. You'll grow stronger. You can trust the Lord. He's trustworthy. His way, he's trustworthy. He knows what he's doing. Amen. Well, we hope you you all learned something. I know I did this evening, so um, it was good. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.